0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with another episode of your favorite Orange County Soccer Club podcast. We've got so much to talk about today and so little time, so we're going to get right into it. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We are underway in the postseason, the first playoff game ever played in Orange County.
1: It's a one-two, Godoy. He's found a great ball and it bolts in it. Volts it. plenty of time. He smashes it off and doubles the visitor's lead. Zen Now Segber sprinting forward on the counterattack. A little handsy there, crosses it. Pineda, the extra pass. Seton finishes. It rolls down to his left and parrying aside. Well taken care of by the orange kind of keeper. We'll leave it for Aiden Quinn. He'll strike towards goal, and it's gone in. An equalizer and a winner in second half stoppage time left boot of Aiden Quinn.
0: This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore Soccer cast, and on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast presented by Roughneck Scarves. We are the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I am with you each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Joining me as he does each and every episode, We've got Dylan from County Line Coalition. Dylan, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing pretty well. I'm enjoying that's cooled off tonight because it was a little bit too warm for my tastes for fall, but happy to talk soccer for an hour
0: always fun to talk about soccer for an hour. I know you've said it numerous times. This is one of your favorite moments of each and every week. Really uh, same is. with me, even with my busy life. I, I always love the opportunity to come on, chat with you, chat with any guests. We bring on Alan, uh, who will be jumping on a little bit later on today. If he gets an opportunity, uh, Alan has some teacher commitments at the moment. So he is going to try and jump on, uh, if he gets a chance a little bit later and, uh, Help us discuss whatever we have to talk About when he gets here Uh, we do Have one guest I'll just introduce him at this point I know he probably won't talk much at the beginning but uh, We'll let him jump in with any comments he wants To talk about as we discuss our last couple Of matches Uh, we've got A returning guest Chris Lefty Brown from Foxtrot Pod Chris welcome back to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast.
3: hey thanks for having Me Um, and I look forward To a, a good discussion Later about our upcoming match
0: Yes, we're definitely going to get into that. We're not going to spend too much time on Orange County's most recent matches just because we do have a lot of stuff we want to get to. And as always, we're trying at this point to keep everything an hour or under for our podcast. So we're going to, Just jet through some of these things we do have I I know uh, for those of you that Follow our website follow our Twitter Follow me uh, I will be Talking a little bit about a recent match and some uh, Problems I had with The broadcast but we'll get into that as we get there But first I want to start off with Orange County's disappointing trip over To Salt Lake City uh, to Face Real Monarchs and what basically Became a very important Probably a must win game if Orange County Wanted to have a shot at getting the fourth seed Heading into the playoffs unfortunately Orange County had traveled out to Salt Lake City and were unable to come back victorious, dropping the three points. Dylan briefly, what were your thoughts on that match and uh, what went wrong for Orange County?
2: Um, This was a really frustrating match to watch. Uh, You know, we dominated possession. I guess it was, it was pretty close to 50, 50, but um, you know, dominated uh, the attacks, shooting. If you look at the stats, we had 17 shots. Three of them were on target. Um, That's, I mean, that's obviously not good enough, right? That's not acceptable. Um, and it kind of seemed like um, the one shot that Van Wolfking had that went off the off the post was kind of going to be it for us. And, and that's really what it ended up being. Um, bit of a frustrating match. And of the two matches that week, I didn't expect that one to be the result. But it looks like the Monarchs have debuted this new 5-3-2 formation uh, just in time for the playoffs. And they used it to... Uh, against a side that's pretty good um so that's going to be frustrating moving forward but the better teams are going to have to learn how to learn how to deal with that just like we're going to have to learn how to deal with this
3: dog (laughs) sorry i'm not familiar with this program so i'm trying to look for the mute (laughs) no problem
0: (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yes. Don't worry about it, Chris. We've had a lot worse when it comes to uh, sound effects in the middle of episodes. Thank you, Cameron. Uh, everyone that follows us knows Cameron. He likes to throw on just random sound effects. It almost became a game for us. I'm trying to figure out what it is Cameron's doing uh, with uh, his, his microphone, his phone, whatever he uses. Um, Dylan. Yeah. You mentioned it was that, that change in formation. I also think uh, if I, Remember, right, uh, because the international break, uh, there were a few players from the first team that had uh, been loaned down, I guess, or brought down to Real Monarchs for the match, which always is a, a sort of a thorn on the side of a lot of USL fans for the non two teams, because pretty much week in, week out, you don't know what you're going to get out of those two teams. And just so happened Orange County had to face a couple players from the the one team there. Uh, did that have anything to do with the, the outcome there, do you think, Dylan?
2: Um the the most notable one they sent down is Kellen Rowe, but he didn't really offer too much. I don't I don't think um, everyone else basically has has made a good amount of appearances um, for the Monarchs. They're they're not Salt late guys, so they're one of the better teams when it comes to sending guys down. I know a couple seasons right before the playoffs, they sent a bunch of guys down in the last week to get them their five appearances, but. Um, no, this was this was more of Orange County not really uh, being able to deal with the, that game more than anything. So,
0: like it was more the, uh, I guess the disappointing road team for Orange County in this match. Uh, we've seen it throughout the season, and it showed its ugly head for this match. I, I you know the, that formation switch, I think that they've threw out there probably has thrown off uh, what the opposing coaches have planned for against the team, which maybe it's a smart move by the coaching staff to sort of do it. Uh, this late in the season, maybe trying to trick people or, or fool people heading into the playoffs. So I don't know if, if that's going to be uh, much of an impact. Uh, I think Real Monarchs tend to struggle in the playoffs, at least in recent years. So maybe that'll continue to happen as well. And who knows? Maybe um, it's going to be all for nothing on that. Um, Orange County, was is there anyone that you maybe can call that as being a, a star or highlight for the match for Orange County? Maybe Joe yeah. Amico.
2: No, I, I don't think anyone really had that great of a game. Um, I don't think anyone had that poor of a game per se. Obviously, Aiden gets really unlucky and ends up scoring an own goal, and that just kind of collapsed kind of morale for the team. Um, maybe Jerry von Wolfgang um, thought he stepped up well with not with having Darwin and Mike on the field. I feel like a lot of times Jerry's um, attacking prowess and ability is maybe a little bit forgotten um and a little bit he's pushed into more of a supportive role but i thought he did well throughout most of that game to to find himself some space and create some chances um sucks nothing came of it but you know when we play these teams and we play these games in the playoffs it's always good to have another foot
0: Yeah, definitely. And ultimately when it comes down to it, these games are the games that orange County is going to have to win. They're going to more than likely be on the road for the playoffs. So they're going to have to find a way to find that good uh, road team and not this ugly one that throughout the season has just shown up here and there a lot less more recently, but still it's disappointing to see it happening uh, in the final three matches of the season uh, out there in in Salt Lake city uh, and disappointing to drop the three points uh, that, Three points lost there, dropped Orange County out of the fourth spot. They were basically in control of their destiny uh, for the most part. If they would have won out, they would have pretty much been in fourth. Uh, With the fact that they dropped down, now they're going to have to, A, uh, win uh, this coming Saturday, and B, have a lot of help from some other teams out there, um, specifically Real Monarchs, who uh, they just lost to. So that's going to be difficult there. Uh, Luckily for Orange County fans, it wasn't too long of a wait for – the team to turn it around and get a full three points. Although uh, a lot of people, especially maybe in Northern California uh, would question the win. I know there was a lot of talk on Twitter uh, from Sacramento fans saying this match needs should be reviewed because it was horrible, horrible officiating. Uh, I'll admit the officiating wasn't the greatest there, uh, but uh, you know it happens. I think we're all used to it. I think Chris, you're probably used to it watching USL matches. Uh, you're going to get some bad refs out there from time to time, uh, right, Chris? You, you need to unmute yourself though, Chris, before you you go. <laughs> Chris is learning the program. This is his first time joining us on this, so he'll figure it out. There we go, Chris.
3: Yep. Uh Yeah, I think every team, at least a few times this this year, have complained. Uh, especially like Harry out in San Antonio, have really complained about uh, the performance of the refs or the refs have has it uh, out for us. Um, Fire squad, we do this the chant. You know uh, when the linesman comes out, checks the net. Um, we have we have a feeling that things are going to go wrong when the linesman comes out, checks the net, and we yell linesman, linesman, give us a wave, and he purposely like <laughs> he or she purposely. Doesn't like think you can see it. They think about it and then they don't. You're like, nope. Oh, we're gonna be called offsides this whole match.
0: (laughs) No, I get it, and I I, I'll admit it. Dylan and I have have shared our complaints with uh, certain performances by refs. We don't do it all year long. Sometimes we praise, you know, some good refs when we see them. But when there's a really bad game, we will talk about it on here. Uh, We are a fan podcast. We are a fan website. Uh, Chris, you're a fan podcast up there in Fresno. Uh, One of our biggest complaints, and I I released an article yesterday on our website, was uh, and a big portion of it. I I did complain about mispronunciation of names, uh, wrong graphics on the screen. But the biggest reason I went and decided to do that yesterday was because of... The I, and I'm going to straight up call it the the whining and the crying of the uh, broadcasters there. they It was a Sacramento broadcast. It, uh, they probably have some sort of local TV deal. So it's their broadcaster. So you always expect a little bit of homerism with it. But I think they took it a little bit too far on that. Um, and so that's why I wrote that article on there, uh, quoting them, saying this was basically the or quoting them. This was the worst. Uh, ref performance in the USL championship this season. Uh, I probably didn't get it exactly right, but that's basically what they said at one point during the match. Uh, uh, and along with it, just saying, you know, complaining left and right, but let's talk about the actual match on the field. Uh, orange County uh, looked decent out there uh, in the first half. They looked a lot better. Second half. I think Sacramento put the pressure on orange County, uh, but somehow orange County found a way to come out victorious. Thanks to some questionable calls. Uh, almost exact identical plays uh, you know, as, as it happens Uh, one play for Sacramento, they get called for a handball. So it waves off a a goal that would have put them in the lead. Uh, And like 30 seconds later, Orange County has almost an exact mirror of that play Uh, questionable. If the ball bounces off of uh, Michael Orozco's arm, although his arm is like right up against his gut. So um, a lot of, purist of soccer will say the 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 hand was against his body it's not something that like altered the play to the point where you have to call something but Michael Orozco scores the goal oh by the way Michael Orozco has pretty much the the most dominant performance out there on the on the pitch he is called the man of the match for that uh, Dylan what were your thoughts on the Sacramento, Sacramento match uh, from the play on the field not discussing what we heard from the broadcasters
2: Um, I thought it was a really ugly match, but they got the result, and that was really big. Um, It was (sighs) – no team dominated, really. It got to a point where, okay, sack comes out, and they score in the sixth minute, and I thought, well, okay. Um, Don't know why I turned this on. Um, Thought about not watching this game, and here we are, and I was kind of pissed. And then we score ten minutes later, and I honestly did not think we were going to score against Sacramento. I thought Sacramento was going to be the team that was going to sit back, and bunker, and we were going to get punished late. And then all of a sudden, we score <laughs> ten minutes after that. Vinicius—that's how it's pronounced. If anyone has any doubts, um, <laughs> not Vinicius, not Vinoucius. Yes, yes, it's Vinicius, like the Real Madrid winger. Um, scores a header somehow. Kid's like five nine. And but can we and call out? Can we call out Michael
0: Orozco's? Pass the assist on yes. that play. Oh my it's god! Just as beautiful.
2: Yeah, um, absolutely amazing. And then you know, Awasa uh, gets his brace in, in second half, um, and, and we pull one back 12 minutes before time. They kept fighting. I'm gonna give them that. They, it was ugly. It was not great, um, but they didn't they didn't defeat themselves. I think they they really showed um, that energy and. Uh, that desire that you need going into the playoffs to to grind out result against a side that even when the game's not going against you you're not panicking um there were a lot of calls that could have gone other ways mccrary's probably lucky that he didn't get sent off multiple times during this match um <laughs> And that's even before you don't
0: get called off for squaring up with a uh with like the whole Orange County team. And I don't know, did he he didn't even get sent off? I i thought he would get sent off for something like that. No, he
2: didn't. So you know, um, they didn't and apparently he didn't get disciplined by the league either. Yeah, so they don't let those calls go against them and, and lose their heads. Um, they did a good job of that, and then even in the crazy. 95th minute fracas when uh, Mitch Tainer decides that he wants to try and elbow Frederick II in the face and Do takes exception and starts yelling at him and then the teams come together you know they 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 killed off the game for the two minutes that were added on after that Um, they did well no one got sent off Orozco who I thought would probably get a little bit crazy like he did in um, God what is that place? The tip of Texas (laughs) <laughs> uh, I thought he was probably get a little bit crazy and, um, get a red and he actually just did a good job of like grabbing someone, and, like lifting him up and carrying him away. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm proud of how this team played. Um, the Sacramento announcers suck. I can't believe that one of them has an Emmy. I can't believe the other one was a professional soccer player and he can't figure out what's going on in a game. Um, Yeah. I'm really proud of our team and there's no sweeter tears than Sacramento tears. (laughs) Well, and it was so damn good.
0: It was amazing just to see the composure for orange County. And then uh, basically Sacramento was just sort of falling apart, getting too emotional and everything. Uh, Maybe the energy from their announcers just carried on to the pitch and the players were uh, feeling that and just decided, Hey, if the announcers are going to do it, we're going to do it too. Uh, And in the end, orange County gets the three points I think as we're speaking, Sacramento, because of results in the league, they've dropped now down to I think you said seventh place uh, as we started recording. I don't know if anything's changing through the night, uh, but uh, it's it's going to be I, I'm, I'm predicting at this point it's going to be a wild and crazy playoffs in the Western Conference uh, because of what we've seen. Uh, not just from these matches, but from previous matches. I don't know, Chris, if you've seen some similar things up there in Fresno, and if you're also expecting some wild and crazy playoff action from uh, these teams in the Western conference that have been battling it out all year.
3: Yeah, this, uh, do we even call it decision day in the USL? But, uh, this week is going, going to be crazy, especially as, uh, the butterflies, um, have two matches this week. And, uh, if they're playing like they've been playing, uh, as of late, um, including against your, your, your teams, um, you know, they might make a a big jump. And I'm, I, as a, as someone or as a team that is currently in third, uh, we, you know, as we discussed in Foxtrot there, if things go really bad, um, you know against OCSE uh this weekend for for the, uh Fresno FC um if Reno uh loses it loses as well we could see the butterflies maybe even jump up to second so uh it's it's just a crazy week i'm i'm, I'm it, i mean who who <laughs> who thought el paso you know would would be above uh, republic at the start of the season so it's no, been def- nice it's a nice finish
0: Definitely. And it's been a wild and crazy season. So the fact that it's coming down to the last week and there's still so much that the table can adjust in this final week of the USL season just shows how wild and crazy the Western Conference has been all season long. By the way, as we've been talking here for both the Real Monarchs match and the Sacramento Republic match, we've been showing the highlights on our live stream. For those of you that are watching live, that's all courtesy of Uh, USL championship productions. So thank you for that. Um, But let's get into the Fresno match because orange County will be taking on Fresno. They're hosting Fresno in the final regular season of the match. Uh, Fresno currently, like you said, Chris sitting third, orange County currently sitting fifth. It's a very important match for both of these teams. It's not like Fresno is coming into this match knowing pretty much they are where they are and they can just sort of relax, uh, maybe play some of their, uh, non-regulars just to sort of give their their key players a rest orange county again fighting for potential fourth seed will they'll know a little bit more if they even have a shot of that based on how real monarchs do this week but um a lot of implications going on in this final week this is going to be an important match uh there's also a lot of emotion coming out of fresno into this final match of the season heading into the playoffs we'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later. Uh Chris, I'm gonna ask you straight up. Uh, what are you yeah. expecting out of Fresno heading down to Orange County this weekend? Are you expecting them to uh basically be full throttle, or are you expecting them maybe to ease up off the gas in preparation for the playoffs?
3: Mm-hmm. Uh this this is a team that I in ninety percent of the time go go full throttle, you know. Um maybe maybe like some of the other matches, uh like against uh our RGV, um oh no el paso uh maybe it was just the travel but uh, they didn't seem there seem themselves but uh, this is a team that um you know they i it's it's been pretty incredible they believe in one another they support one another and uh you know so they're gonna they're gonna fight hard it's gonna be it's gonna be a back and forth uh match and uh uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Uh, I mean, last time uh, we met this season uh, earlier in the early in the season, we had a two all draw. And, uh, you know, I think uh, OCSE uh, uh, will be a great compliment uh, to, to Fresno FC in, in terms of how we how how each team plays.
0: Perfect. And uh- as we get into this discussion, I do see that we have another guest that is joining us on here, uh, primarily to speak with us a little bit uh, in a few moments about uh, Copa Califas. But I'm going to welcome on, him on now just in case he wants to jump on to any of this talk about Orange County versus Fresno. And that's Ricky Bravo. Uh, welcome back, Ricky, to the Orange Box Soccer Cast.
4: Hey, how's it going? Uh, glad to be here.
0: No, nah, it's going amazing. Uh, we, we've talked about what's happened this past week for Orange County. We're getting to this match with Fresno. Uh, I know you follow these matches in California quite closely. Um, what are your thoughts about this Fresno-Orange County match and uh, basically the big implications this match is going to have on the final Western Conference standings?
4: Yeah. Oh, my, uh, my Fresno FC hat says uh, Fresno is going to totally dominate this weekend. <laughs> and I'll uh, <laughs> we, we'll be going into the playoffs within, in a really good position. Um, but no, this is uh, I mean, this is big. I think uh, Orange County is really fighting for better positioning, right? And um, you know, given on what happens with uh, a couple of other games, I think Fresno is really potentially trying to play for a couple of playoff games, not just you know the one guaranteed.
0: Yeah, and, and again, we'll get into a little <clears throat> bit later. I'm sure the fans will love if uh, if Fresno is able to to get a really high seed there, a two seed secure a couple home games if they can win in the playoffs. Uh, Dylan, let me talk to you really quick about what's going on here. Fresno traveling down to orange County. Orange County has looked pretty decent at home as of late. Uh, definitely a different team than we saw at the beginning of the season, even mid season. They've been pretty dominant at home. Uh, I- I'm expecting because it's the final home match of the regular season. Most orange County fans are now uh They've, they've sort of accepted that more than likely they're not going to have a home playoff match. Uh, oh, by the way, there's also a beer fest going on, so there's going to be a bunch of other uh, fans, maybe not quite Orange County fans, but fans of beer that will be packing the stadium. I'm planning on... Oh, 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 and by the way, it'll be my my 40th birthday, so I'm bringing like 60 people out to the stadium to celebrate. So it's going to be a pretty fun atmosphere there. I'm sure the Orange County players know the importance of this match, and I, I think maybe this crowd will feed into that. What do you think in... Is going to happen there with uh, Orange County in this match? Do you think they're going to be able to to dominate, or is it going to be a really tough match?
2: Well, you know, Ray, I'm sure they know it's uh, your 40th birthday, so they're they're going to be on their a game um, for no other reasons like prize or aiding right? a results. all for Ray. Um, or yeah, you know, just just for you. Um, I, I almost question saying this, but I feel like. Fresno's biggest result of the year was beating Phoenix and putting an end to that streak. And it's almost like Fresno cashed in all of its luck then for Asante to not score. And then it's, since then, it's been a 2-1 loss to uh, San Antonio. It's been a 2-1 loss to El Paso, a 4-1 loss to Tacoma, which I thought no one was going to get bested by us losing to Tacoma. And then a 2-2 draw with Los Dos. So, They're obviously going to be looking for three points um, to get back into that run of form, going into the playoffs. They need it, just the pride of, you know, is our team going to exist? Um, Let's go out on a high note. There's a lot of variables going into this one. Um, Fresno is a good team that plays, you know, they actually go out and try and play games, which I have a lot of respect for. It terrifies me, but... Um I mean, we've talked about it multiple times, Braden's talked about it multiple times um we typically do well against sides that actually go out and try and play the game and um attack if we play our game, we'll be fine, and we've said that a billion times this season um but I think we we have the quality to see how to match against Fresno uh,
0: let me ask uh Chris really quick here on this uh who should orange county? fans and players be scared of heading into this match
3: (laughs) geez um you know i okay first i want to explain our recent string of losses and draws um we've had a lot of injuries and we have had uh of some key parts to to the uh, fresno fc machine um it's uh and, and all, on top of that, uh, we've had players have to sit out because of yellow card accumulation. Uh, that said, um, there was some sloppy play, especially against Tacoma, which was uh, absolute embarrassment, not just because of Tacoma where they were, because I thought they played well and they played the kids and the kids uh, went out and had fun for, at our expense. Um, but uh, I will say, but if, if, the team I know and love this season shows up. You're going to have to watch out, especially for our back line. I think uh, it may not; it's not the best back line in the USL, but it's darn near up there. Uh, they know how to play uh, play together. They know how to uh, win the ball back. They know. I mean, uh, um, CJ, CJ Cochran. You know, he he as a as a keeper works magic and uh whether it be with his his uh feet or or his, or his hands um he makes some fantastic saves uh so you know you got to look out for the defense I, I i do think we're a little slow on uh, on the counter but uh uh other players you need to watch out for you know you got to look out for uh, jamie excuse me jaime chavez uh who's been absolutely ter- ter- terrific this season uh after a slow start uh, at the at the beginning of the season, and Cutis, uh, you know, we were just talking on on Foxtrap Pod this past weekend. and uh, Cutis uh, makes plays happen, you know. And you know, for instance, winning, you know, getting fouled on in the, in, in the box and uh, bringing up Koffa for that for for that uh, goal, you know, for the off the off the PK. Uh, he knows how to um, uh, aggravate and uh the, the the back line so you got to watch out for for, for him because he may not um score every time uh he, he's but uh he will get in the mix and uh break down the back line
0: and then let me ask uh, ricky uh, really quick because you said you have you know your fresno hat there uh just your, your thoughts on what's happening uh as far as maybe who's the scary person who Orange County fans and players should be scared of there uh, from Fresno heading into this final match of the season.
4: I uh, kind of got to chime in there with, with Chris second, that our back line has been playing a uh, fantastic um, when it's healthy and it's there. And I, I think that, uh, you know, I think of the Campo. he missed a, uh, he missed a, uh, the game against Tacoma. Um, and he was, I mean, that was the first game that he's missed since Fresno FC's inception. Right. Um, and so he was back, and I think he'll be back firing on full cylinders. But you know, they really command a lot of attention back there, and uh, you know, really make uh, that goal I feel like feel a lot smaller for the other teams. Perfect, thank you. And then,
0: uh, as you guys as you were talking there, um, Ricky, uh, our third host here on the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, was finally able to join us. Um, I know uh, I want to thank Alan for coming on. I know he's had a busy night with some other. Uh, responsibilities or, or commitments So Alan's on here Alan welcome On um, we're talking about This match Fresno Orange County That's happened this weekend do you have any Quick thoughts on it before we move on to our match Predictions I don't know if Alan was able to hear us or if we're having technical difficulties. He sounds like he's calling in from a phone. Maybe he's in a dead zone. Um, so we'll see if we can get him back on here in just a few moments. Uh, let's do this then let's uh, unless anyone else has something they want to just share really quickly about this match uh, or, you know, their thoughts. Well, let me ask really quick, uh, Chris and Ricky, and we'll go with Chris first just cause I'm, I'm just randomly picking um, what are your thoughts as far as, the traveling fans is there going to be a good uh group of fans coming down to orange county as far as you know are you making the trip down to watch the match what what are your thoughts
3: uh well man you should have gone with ricky ricky bravo first because uh him him and and his crew at uh los Los vigilantes uh they they drive like crazy they will drive all over up and down the state to uh catch the foxes of the zorros um you know myself i won't be making it because of other things going on in my life, I, I had thought about it um, really bad because uh, uh, I love your guys' setup. You know, I like the stadium, it, the the park setting, and you know, you guys have a setup that uh, I do hope to visit. You know, if things get better with uh, with with the Foxes, if we actually will be uh, have a third season uh, in championship, um, you know, I would love to love to travel to your, your guys' beautiful home.
0: Well, let me go to you then Ricky. Um, you give us a rough estimate of, of how many traveling fans we can expect there at championship. Um, stadium.
4: yeah, I know, uh, my club, uh, we're sending at least like one car load. So, you know, hopefully at least, you know, four to five folks. Uh, <clears throat> it's a little tough because you're saying we do travel. I mean, man, I had a group, uh, the Reno game. We did a up and back trip and the same day, uh, which was quite a drive, but, uh, yeah, so we'll have we'll have a few few people out there. I definitely wanted to make a point, you know, to make it out there, especially for the, uh, the being a Copa Califas match and everything. I think it's gonna be the first one I'm gonna actually travel to. Well, yeah, because I unfortunately actually no, I went to the Galaxy game, the Galaxy Two game back in May. That was a lot of fun, but I think that was like right before I was kind of getting everything kicked off. So it's so my first match going to as like a Copa Califas deal. Yeah. <laughs> No,
0: perfect. And by all means, uh, make sure you uh, you and let any other traveling fans know to head on over to Section 9 at, there at Championship Soccer Stadium. That's where County, Lo- County Line Coalition hang out. Um, come say hi. Share share a beer or two with, with the fans. I, I know a lot of these Orange County fans, they love to meet other supporters. Uh, it's it's this thing we always talk about. It's the love of the game. It's soccer. We all just like to to. It's, it, we're like one big happy family we have our teams that we support but in the end we all love this game and we all like to talk soccer regardless uh, of what team it is you support so make sure you you guys stop by and say hi uh when you guys get a chance to head down there by the way there's a beer fest going on i don't know if they told you so if you guys get there uh, early enough if you guys buy the extra ticket you can get unlimited tastings uh, i i don't know dylan or if alan's able to jump on here i don't know if his connection is a little bit better just uh, do we know what the the current count is for the number of beers or breweries that are going to be at the beer fest i
2: assume alan still can't um or that this isn't an important enough question for him i have no idea <laughs> but i think it's it's going to be Hey, the last time they were well over 20. Uh, Ooh, alan does Alan's have his here.
0: blinker on so
2: i i do
1: um i don't know how many uh but a plenty to keep you entertained and busy uh <laughs> And get, you, get your vocal cords lubricated to yell and scream and sing for an entire uh, 90 minutes. So the last time they had a beer fest, there were quite a few uh, beers. There were quite a few pretzel necklaces. If you're a beer fe- uh, beer fest regular, you'll know that you put pretzels around your neck as a necklace. That way you can kind of munch on something in between beers, kind of plen- cleanse your palate. But also like have you something to munch on uh, to
0: not have an empty stomach while you drink your body weight and beer perfect uh let's get into this then gentlemen let's pick our predictions for this match and then we're going to talk about some more other important soccer stuff Uh, i'm going to start off with our guest chris uh what we do for our predictions is a score and the key player to the match uh just you know one key player that you think is going to make the big impact there chris what are your thoughts
3: Oh, I was just uh, bringing that up in my my show notes from our last podcast, and I had predicted a uh, one-all draw. And uh, as far as key figures, um, you know, I think uh, I think our man of the match, uh, if it isn't our the goal scorer, uh, is going to be uh, CJ Cochran. You know, he's gonna he's gonna put um, he's gonna aggravate you guys. <laughs> you, know, you know, he's gonna block block some shots, and uh, you know. It, uh he's as as you might have seen this season he's you know the the two sh- pk's from uh, asante you know when we beat phoenix you know this guy you know we may not have a lot of clean sheets uh but uh this guy really uh is it has been entertaining so he would probably be my personal man of the match uh although you know that usually goes to the goal sc- goal scorer but uh i am i am a little nervous by by you guys uh you know, the combination of uh, of Seton and Jones, you know, uh, both having a, a really good season. Uh, you know, when you guys didn't start start so well at the beginning of the season, you know, you guys got it together despite your recent woes. But uh, it's going to be a it's going to be one of those matches where uh, if you're not a diehard soccer fan, you may get a little bored, which is great because with the beer fest, But uh, but. Uh, it's going to be a very tactical, strategic uh, game, and uh, for me, I'm 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 all in. It's going to be entertaining.
0: Ricky, what about you? What is your uh, score prediction, and who's the key player to this match?
4: Um, yeah, score prediction. I think two one. I think two one Fresno. Um, probably pick our, our the man of the match. Uh, I think Jaime Chavez. Um, you know he's really come to life. You know, this second half of the season, grabbed a lot of goals. Uh, he's from the Los Angeles area, so I know he's supposed to have like, like 50 family members at the game uh, supporting him. So I just have a feeling he's really gonna really show out for that kind of a homecoming of sorts for him. And you know, final final game of the regular season, I think it'll be a good opportunity for him to get back into form um, when he starts to make the playoff push.
0: Perfect. What about, uh, Alan, what about for you? If, if, uh, you can give us uh, your prediction and end of the match
1: for the player. Yeah, I'm going to go two one, but I'm going to go the other way. Uh, I think both teams have a lot to play for Fresno. If they drop points and real Monarchs win out, uh, Fresno can drop into that fourth spot with real jumping above them. So Fresno has got to get some points. Uh, orange County has got to keep pace and they play pretty well at home. Um, Fresno is good defensively. They don't give up a ton, uh, but it's been a little bit shaky recently. So I think uh, 2-1, it's going to be really hard fought. Everyone's going to leave everything out there on the pitch uh, with the last regular season game. And um, I'm going to pick out Dylan's favorite player, uh, Harry Forrester. (laughs) Um, He might not put anything in the net, but I think um, with the strength of Fresno being able to frustrate some offenses from time to time, Uh, I think some of those uh, midfield players are going to play a huge role in serving the ball into the box to Seton or playing it out to Jones or uh, Van Wolfgang, who's been coming on pretty well late. But I think some of those midfielder roles, uh, if Harry Forster has a game like he can have, uh, when you look at some of the big games that Orange County's had, it's come down to folks like Aiden Quinn and Harry Forster really. Playing really well in the midfield that allows those top guys to really come on strong and and put the ball in the net.
0: And then Dylan, what about you? I
2: I'm angry I'm going last year because I, I just got to basically parrot everyone else. I think it'll be two one. I, I don't see this game being open. Um, these two these two sides are just too similar um, level of quality and, and and I think the way that they play doesn't doesn't really. Set itself up for a big match. Um, Two one, I think. I've been, God, I've been saying for a couple weeks, but Mike, uh, Michael Seton, I think it's it's time he gets right back in that little bit of form, Um, gets nice and confident before the playoffs come. So hopefully we get another uh, first round hat trick from him.
0: Perfect. And and, uh, Ricky, uh, what was the name of the player that you said is going to be the key key man of the match?
4: Jaime Chavez. All right,
0: perfect. So my prediction is going to be 5-0 Fresno. Uh, Jaime Chavez, <laughs> I hate the key this. the man of the match for this match. Uh, Chris, Ricky, if you don't listen, I this is my like superstitious thing. I feel <laughs> like when I do a 5-0 prediction for the other team, Orange County comes out victorious. It's only failed two times a season, uh, and I think it's been correct like seven or eight times. So, uh, yeah, statistics show that it's not good for you when I'm doing that.
3: Well, I, I sort of hope uh, you're right because I've been waiting all two seasons for uh, someone to get a hat trick. And, you know, 5-0, who knows, maybe someone, before, you know, it'd be nice to see it, if, uh, especially before Fresno FC possibly disappearing.
0: We'll get into the the possible disappearing, but let's talk about the other implications of this match. Uh, it's going to be not only a big part of the final league positionings heading into the playoffs, but also the first ever Copa Califas. One of the reasons we brought Ricky Bravo on is to talk about this. Fresno is currently basically in control of what's going on here. If they win this match against Orange County. They are victorious in the Copa Califas. They get to lift whatever that trophy looks like. I don't know if it's an imaginary trophy, a real trophy, or what it is, but uh, they get to claim that if not, if Orange County is able to win, then a team without a true supporters group wins the very first ever supporters group trophy in California. That's LA Galaxy. I still think uh, we should change the rules and mimic the USL championship tiebreakers because then orange county would get it Uh, i'm 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 sort of kidding there but i'm sort of not ricky uh but um i i don't know what the implications are how it works out if there's a draw in this match though uh maybe ricky can share a little bit more so we know if fresno wins they get it if orange county wins la gets it what happens in the case of a draw in this match ricky
4: yeah so in the case of a draw uh we would just look at uh, the final points la would have eight fresno would have eight um, but in their head-to-head matchups, uh, Fresno has three points and L.A. has one. So Fresno comes out on top if they draw on Saturday.
0: So ultimately, Fresno needs a result and they get the Copa Califas. They're in the top. driver's seat, which is It's
4: bragging rights this year. <laughs> um,
0: and if not, if Orange County can spoil your yours and Chris's dreams there, then I think everyone in the state's going to be disappointed because then it's who's going to claim the the who's going to actually claim that cup if LA Galaxy two win it. We'll I mean, do you have someone? Have, to, have
4: we'll, you, have we'll, you we'll found give, someone? We'll give the imaginary cup to the imaginary supporters group down there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: know. Uh, yeah, that. Hey, you know, if, if you can't find someone, we'll do like award shows. We'll we'll accept it on their behalf and there you we'll go them until until we can find someone. Right, Dylan. Right <laughs>
1: You can find, you can find that fan who threw that can onto the pitch in Phoenix. I allegedly, he was a low dose fan.
0: That first one, right? Cause I know the second one I think was a Phoenix fan, but yeah. I think the first one. Yeah. Okay. We can find him. Maybe someone could do research fan. If you're the, if you listen, randomly listen to our podcast, if you're the guy that started all that craziness in Phoenix, reach out to us and we'll, we'll let you know how to get in touch with Ricky and hold the imaginary cup. Maybe we can print out a picture of some cup that you can hold and, and be proud of there in LA. Um, I, I think when we had you on last, Ricky, you mentioned that it's going to come down to the last few matches of the season. And in your wildest dreams, did you think it would actually come down to the very final match between any of the, the state competitors?
4: You know, I think that was always a hope. Um, I really thought last weekend probably could have been like uh, the the deciding weekend, right. With it kind of being the Saturday being like the Copa Copacalipas day, right. With all uh, four teams playing each other. Um, but yeah, I'm just really pleased that this last match actually has some uh relevancy to it and, and uh, gonna you know mean something at the end of the season,
0: some bragging rights for someone. And well, hey, yeah. you, and, and who knows? I mean, uh, again, LA Galaxy, if there is a supporter group, please come out of your tunnel or your hole or whatever, let us know you exist. Um, potentially for Fresno, um, you win the Copa Califas and potentially. Uh, no longer exists as a, as a, as a club in the USL championship, Uh, sort of trying to segue into this conversation now, uh, because this has been a big thing in the news uh, for anyone that's follows USL championship, even just slightly. It's something that we're seeing around and that is this announcement by, or I guess there's not really an official statement or an official announcement as far as we're not going to be around anymore, but it's sort of this, uh the club's saying the city's not helping us find a location the the city's saying the club's not accepting anything that we're presenting to them or whatnot. um let me go to you first chris uh what is this what what's going on between the club and the city and why has it gotten so ugly at at, at this point
3: uh it, well to be completely honest uh the the city doesn't care um you know laying it all out um they did the bare minimum to be able to say, hey, we, we tried. Um but uh, uh blame could be laid at both both f- at uh, City of Fresno on both uh, the Fresno the uh President of C um I would say um uh leadership or management, not 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 necessarily the front office, but uh, the, the the owners owner's group. Um I, I still hold hope, you know, I, I honest, I, my, my own one remaining hope is uh, we win it all. We become, I, you know, I keep saying, I keep joking. we become USL champions this season. And then in a few years a 30 for 30 story on ESPN. And, you know, um, you know, cause we disappeared, but, uh, um, I still hope that if we do well in the playoffs, if, if you know, like, like our last match was our third highest attended match. And part of that had to do with our, our stand up for cancer event. But, uh, um, but some of it has, you know, the controversy has people flocking to, to see the Foxes. But, uh, so that said, um, I, you know, I still have, I, I still hope that, um, Someone out there. I mean, what is, what is gonna what is gonna take is a a new owner, you know. Honestly, bare bones. It's gonna take a new owner with a new ownership group, and it may mean that um, next year, if we stay in the championship, if we do find a new owner next year, we won't be out. We won't be playing, uh, so that the new owner can organize his his or hers uh, front office and uh work out the details for for a uh, a place to have it if I'm being honest um i I sincerely feel that uh, and from what we've heard on foxtrot um and and I'll add that most you know we've been pretty spot on on when we've come out and said something with any certainty. This isn't that right now what I'm saying. I'm saying that uh, I really feel that um, Fresno FC is going to go away, and it may be uh, one year, and then when we when professional soccer or, or when soccer returns to Fresno, uh, it's it's uh, either going to be at the USL One, but probably the USL Two um, uh, level, and uh, you know. Hopefully we'll have a local local owner again who who, uh, loves Fresno and wants to work with work better with with uh, all the elements involved. But, uh, you know, I think I I honestly I also think the the scale is uh, heavily shifted that uh, Fresno FC is going to go away. I would love to hear Ricky because Ricky's been (laughs) so instrumental in in uh, getting people uh, active in 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 the response.
0: Well, and let's just all say this because you sort of mentioned it. This is sort of your thoughts. This is nothing that you've heard or uh, you've ne- you haven't heard any direct information on this as far there, as. There's,
3: there are things we know, you know, internally. And I think on, on Foxtrot Podcast, we've been uh, very careful about not revealing our sources and, and the things that we've said okay. have been pretty spot on. And so when we are are able to come out with something that we can say with certainty, we, we sort of say that. And when we are either doing a speculation or a hot take or, or just our personal feelings. I think we've been pretty, uh, okay. explicit in saying that that's what that is. But uh, I think when we said, Hey, the Foxes were thinking about going to Fresno state or, Hey, the Foxes were thinking about, uh, we're almost sold to a, a big soccer guy, uh, up in Madeira who had a vision, um, to, to build his own stadium and, and academy and all of this and then things fell apart at the last minute. Those, those, those are things we know with with uh, with confident certainty uh, be, based on our sources but uh, uh, but that said um, it doesn't look too hopeful and uh, we know that um, the ownership group really didn't want this to come out before the season ended.
0: Well, let's go to you then, Ricky, because I know you've been a big part of this uh, movement of, you know, the stay in Fresno movement and uh, trying to basically just get this out there to the local members of the community. And ultimately, it's now appeared to basically the nationwide soccer audience. A lot of people outside of Fresno, we've been talking about it. We talked about it last week when we first sort of heard the rumblings of it. I know Dylan, Alan and I were sort of jokingly saying, are there any celebrities from Fresno that we can maybe say, let's try and talk them into to getting involved with this. Uh, what's, uh, you know, as a, a member of a supporter group up there in Fresno, what are, what are your thoughts of what you've heard and what are your hopes for, for the future?
4: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, you know, my hope, my hope is that they can find a long-term solution uh, for the stadium. Um, but, you know, before that, I hope that there's a short-term solution they can they can come upon. Um, you know, I think before this, recent stuff all came out it was just you know assumed that next year was gonna be another year shared at the baseball park you know we were kind of had some grumblings about uh, the grizzlies their plans to extend uh, uh, a safety net all the way from home plate to the uh, foul poles so that'd pretty much be a, any soccer seat would have a net in front of it um, so I think that was kind of the thought of what was going to be going on next year uh, would just be sharing and you know, from what I heard, there's uh, certain things, uh, you know, with the the uh, a hike in the rent uh, there um, at Chicansi Park, um, I think has uh, fast-tracked, you know, a lot of um, where we're at with finding a space. But, you know, it takes time to, to, once they do secure a location, if they secure a location, it doesn't just happen overnight, you know, launching a new stadium, opening a new stadium. Um, so, you know, I guess... You know, my my hope is that something can get figured out in the short term. And I know that's only going to – there's only going to be effort put towards that if if there's a long-term solution in sight. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I want, what I want to happen, what I hope happens.
0: And um, I know uh, I I reached out to you, Ricky, uh, just a couple days ago saying, hey, bring some of those signs down. uh, If you have a bunch of them, bring them out. Bring them out to Section 9 there in – Uh, the County line coalition supporter group area. I know there are some guys out there that are behind it. Cause again, like we mentioned, this is we're we're a big soccer family. We all support certain teams, but in the end, you know, it's sort of that thing when you find someone else that likes soccer, you sort of just have this instant connection with them. You have something to talk about. uh, And, and some of there, and I know Dylan, Alan, we've talked about. It. I don't know uh, if Dylan or Alan, if either of you want to just sort of jump in on this conversation really quick, I know I don't want to go too long because we're getting close to the hour mark, and I like to try and stand under an hour, but I think Alan has something they want he wants to say.
1: Yeah, I'm just having like super mad flashbacks to a certain team in San Diego who recently left. Um, and the the runaround you're getting from the city and from the team ownership was kind of placing the blame at other people's feet. And really, it's like, it's a little bit of A, a little bit of B. um, And it's always super sad, um, especially, you know, I know it's only two years, but I know that there's a lot of history that predates uh, the Fresno FC USL championship team that was hoping that you guys were going to build upon that that tradition that existed in Fresno prior. So I know it's a little more painful than like a brand new team that started from scratch. Um, So I, I feel Fresno's pain. Um, and yeah, I think it's just, you got to hope that someone else comes in and kind of builds from, uh, the rubble that's left. And, uh, I know I'm holding out a lot of hope that that does get done and sending a bunch of good vibes to Fresno or Fres. Yes, I guess, to keep the vibes positive. Um uh, cause I've seen what it does to community, especially community of, of sports supporters, um, who it's not their fault. It's not the player's fault. And, you know, hopefully at the the end of this match, um, regardless of what happens, uh, the Orange County, those those Fresno players are, um, you know, given the love that they deserve for a great season um, to come from where they were last season to, to, you know, fighting for a top two spot in the West. uh, Hopefully that both fan bases can come together and really send Fresno off the last regular season, even though it's on the road, just give him a good, you know, good sending off.
0: Yeah. Well said, uh, Dylan, you have something to, to throw in here really quick.
2: Um, Yeah. I mean, if you're one of the people that is, is like celebrating or thinks it's funny that this team's about to fold, you're an asshole. Um, people are going to lose their jobs over this. People are not going to have something to go and do every weekend. Um, that. That sucks. I mean, th- obviously, the biggest thing is people are going to lose their jobs over this, and and these aren't these aren't people that have you know um, massive businesses to go back on and, and be successful um, and, and ride it through. These are people who are going to hopefully find another gig, whatever their their specialty is in the sports world. And you know, if Fresno was their home, hopefully it's with the Grizzlies. I, it it sucks. Um, Lee Brand seems like. A massive asshat, um, but you know what do you expect when a dude owns a bunch of properties and then thinks he gets to you know be a part of the government? Nothing good. Oh wow, that that ended up being a lot more of a <laughs> comment about our government than it meant to be. I just was trying to, I was just trying to make a uh, negative comment about uh, property managers. <clears throat> Sorry, everyone.
0: Way to go, Dylan! Way to go, Dylan! Way to to, to, to jump on there. Yeah, this um, the
2: situation sucks, and I, I feel for the people. Of Fresno. It does.
0: It it truly sucks. Uh, I I I honestly want to say from us here in the Orange Black Soccer Cast, from many people that we spoke from counterline Coalition, um, you know, we feel for the Fresno fans. We feel for you know you, Chris, you Ricky, because you know in these last two years, you guys have poured your heart and soul into this this team. I'm um, helping trying to build a, a local soccer. Base. I mean, we've said it numerous times, support local, support local soccer as part of that. Uh, and, uh, you know, it would be sad, you know, if we were in your situation where we're hearing these rumors that Orange County might not be around next season because of something. And uh, it's really hard to hear something like that. Um, and again, we, we've had you both of you on multiple times on our podcast uh you guys are great guys a great fan base and we're hoping to continue that on hopefully like alan said there's some way something could be worked out um I, I hate to hear that dreaded hiatus word that came out of chris's mouth there because we've we've seen instances where that's the initial announcement and then the hiatus doesn't it turns from one year to four years to five years to you know, we're pretty much folding. We can't figure out a solution. So I'm hoping it doesn't come down to that. Um, It would be pretty amazing. I guess if orange County gets knocked out of the playoffs and Fresno somehow wins the U S champ, USL championship and then gets folded after that, that would be some crazy stuff going on there. Um, I hope it doesn't come down to that. Again, I hope we get to face you guys next season and more seasons to come. Um, Chris well, Ricky any last thought? I think Chris you have a thought?
3: Oh yeah, well I was going to say, you know, I think early on I was saying that uh uh OCSC is going to knock out Phoenix. I don't know if the numbers where you guys are positioned uh is going to uh uh be there or do us a favor there. Um, um I, but uh you know, I I was saying that for a few weeks.
0: So uh, let me just say this because I'm looking at our our YouTube feed. Um, one of our super fans, Andy, basically says we're better with Fresno and that he'll hold a sign and hope it gets on the stream because uh, in case you didn't know, the, the supporters group is on that side of the stadium that the cameras pick up, so he's volunteering there to hold a sign. I'm sure there's other others that are willing to try and hold a sign and hopefully it gets That's awesome. the there.
4: Um, Thanks
0: Andy. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately for where you guys probably will get put, it's going to be on the other side of the stadium where you guys won't get picked up on the stream. But again, um, I'm sure they will help out. I, if I, if there's enough signs to go around, I'll take a sign, hold it up where we are, which is over on the bleachers by the goal. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll figure out ways to get the word out there because again, um, it's, it's, it, we don't want to see Fresno gone.
3: I, I will say that it doesn't matter where they seat, uh, our our traveling fans, you'll still hear us. Those guys are plenty loud.
4: Yeah, just ask, uh, ask Reno about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, our good friends in Reno, we'll have to bring it up to them and, and see how that went uh, when you guys traveled out there. Uh, for the purpose of time, because we've actually already hit an hour mark, and we always try recently to stay in an hour. I don't want to – we could talk about this probably for another hour if we really wanted to, uh, but we do need to sort of wrap things up here. Uh, if, if you gentlemen – if both of you want to just hang out for like five more minutes – we typically wrap up our episodes with just a random thought. It could be soccer-related. It could be non-soccer-related, and then we'll be done. If you need to head out, let me know. We can get you a chance to to give your shout-out to social media. Um, if you want to give a thumbs-up, if you can hang out for another couple minutes. Uh, I'm probably going to
4: dip out, actually. All right, Ricky.
0: Yeah, no, I know. I get it. You, you yeah. we had you on longer than I was even anticipating. Yeah. Ricky, before you have to head out, uh, go ahead and let our fans know everything you need to know about, uh, how to follow you or the Copa Khalifa Yeah. Yeah. If
4: you guys want to catch up with, uh, what's going on with Copa um, it's copacalifas.com, uh, at Copacalifas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, C-O-P-A-C-A-L-I-F-A-S. Uh, also, check out my supporters group. We're on social media as Vigilantes. It's spelled Vigilantes559. It's at Vigilantes559. And, uh, yeah, man.
0: Chris, with an assist there, I think. Um, thank you once again, Ricky, for joining us on this episode. Uh, and, and like I said earlier, make sure you stop by Section Nine out there at Championship Soccer Stadium to say hi. Bring as many of those signs as you can bring, because we'll definitely find people that can hold them up and and Perfect. try and get them seen on the screen on on the feed there. So thank Appreciate you once again.
4: Ricky. Thank you. Bye.
0: Perfect. And then Chris, I, again, I want to give you the opportunity. If you need to head out, uh, or if you want to hang out for a couple more minutes and just give a random thought, let me know. I can hang. Perfect. So again, we just do a random thought. Typically we go into a section where we talk about other soccer news, but because of time purposes, we're just going to go to random thoughts. If you had a a soccer related thing, throw it into your random thought here. Uh, I'll give you Chris a chance just to think of what you want to share with us. I'm going to go to uh, Alan first with his random thought for the evening. Uh, Alan, what you got?
1: So my random thought is uh, my wife decided we are going to adopt a senior dog and we got him on Thursday. Um, So my random thought is, if you are looking for a pet, go check out your local animal shelter. Um, Even if they're animal, they're fantastic. Our new buddy is amazing, fits in great, super cuddly. And uh, so check out your local animal shelter, your local ASCPA or whatever it's called, Humane Society. (laughs) Go get yourself a friend, cat, dog, pig, bird, whatever. Uh, They're great.
0: I guess I'll throw on top of that in the the famous words of Bob Barker, if you do have a pet, make sure you have them spayed or neutered uh, to help control the pet population. Uh, Chris, do you have something that you want to share with our listeners?
3: I would say like, if if you have someone, if you're out there and you're just discovered this podcast and you may not be a a part of the supporters group or whatnot, I'm just going to tell you a short story. Um, When uh, Fresno FC sort of came around, Um, and right before that, uh, Fuego, uh, my wife left me and I was at a really low point, like, uh, depression, thoughts of suicide. And I will say, honestly, um, uh, well, having a pet, uh, was, was very, very helpful, you know, having to care for another individual or another animal. Um, but, uh, getting hooked into the, the soccer community. You know, in my case, the soccer community here in Fresno, um, you know, where they they, you know, particularly with Fire Squad, um, you know, and I imagine it's the same with uh, Ricky's group, uh, Los Vigilantes. Um, they always say that the squad, fire, the Fresno Fire Squad, the squad is family, and um, it really was for me. You know, um, when I was going through hell and back, it felt like. Um, you know, having them, having them there pre-match, sitting down with me saying, hey, look, you know, I know you're going through it, uh, you know, you're loved and, you know, you're a good good person and we love having you in the stands and um, getting hooked up with that group and seeing the benefits of uh, of these very various soccer friendships, as I call them. Uh, help me through uh, some dark periods. So, you know, anyone listening, going through, going, you know, going through, uh, through the fire, um, reach out to someone become part of, uh, of your, uh, local, uh, soccer culture. And, uh, you'll find some pretty amazing people, uh, that, you know, people I'm, I'm astounded by the work they do, not only in our local Fresno community, but, uh, the work they do, um, for the benefit of, of other, for, 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 excuse me for the benefit of others um and uh you know and, and one thing i've learned uh, uh through this process is uh um you you have to put yourself out there and uh uh accept love you know um when uh, uh from sometimes very strange people <laughs> That's, uh, it's been an awesome experience
0: Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I I could say this, you know, yeah, uh, my experience with our local supporter group, candlelight coalition was I I didn't go through what you went through, but I just sort of randomly one day said, Hey, I want to do a podcast. Does anyone want to join me? And, uh, that's how Dylan got roped into this and he's been doing it ever since, since we started. Uh, we've told the story numerous times on this podcast and Dylan will probably continue sharing it from time to time. Uh, it's one of those things again, the, the soccer community and, and these, these, these fan groups, you find someone else that enjoys soccer or is interested in soccer. And it's this like open, like, come join us. Um, we're, we we want to share our love with the game with you and with everyone else that's willing to, to enjoy this. So uh, Dylan, what about you? What's your uh, random thought for this episode?
2: And that's just like, it's everything's so wholesome right now. Um, I have two, actually, if you count the snake, um, three senior pets in my house, and the County Line Coalition is absolutely my second family and um, seriously, the people I look forward to seeing the most every week. Sorry, Ray, not your face. Um, that being said, it's always a piece of literature, right? I mean, I always have some literature recommendation. Um, and ever since with all this news about the Foxes um, and then this week, Lansing Ignite, um, I thought it was fair to, to highlight um, an author uh, kind of Fresno's Poet Laureate, if you will. Um, his his name was Peter Everwine, P- Peter Everwine. Uh, he passed away about a year ago. Um, he spent almost 50 years on the faculty at Fresno State. Um, but he has a um, he has a poem called After the Funeral, which I think it's kind of nice and touching and hopefully the last um, quintet is is relevant to to Fresno FC and and to the California soccer community.
0: Always able to find uh, like a perfect piece of literature to throw in there. Huh, Dylan?
2: I know what's going on. (laughs)
0: Uh, My random thought, uh, I want to give props to my, my, my two soccer teams that I coach my boys. Uh, They are U nine. So one key player, I want to just give a shout out to Lennox. He's my, one of my key goalkeepers, Uh, the other team we were facing got a penalty kick awarded to them in our match. Uh, He ended up stopping the penalty kick. Again, he's eight years old. The ref blew the whistle and said he came off the line and awarded a re-kick. This is an eight year old. The ref said he came off the line. You have to uh, do it again. Um, So he did it. He got back in there. The penalty, uh, the penalty taker went the opposite direction and high and, Lennox still stopped the goal. So he saved not one, but two PKs. Um, and if I go back in the past, there was a match like a year ago that he stopped three in a row in a match in extra time or in shootout. He has now as a player for me stopped five out of five penalty kicks. So maybe we're looking at the next uh Tim Howard or, or future us goalkeeper out there. The next Frederick do Frederick do. Du- hey, that that'll work too. I mean, I I was, I was very impressed by the composure of an eight-year-old to be told, Hey, great save. But by the way, it doesn't count. You got to do it again. And to get back out there. And it, neither of these kicks were right to him. One, he had to dive down to the ground on his right. The first one, the second one, he had to jump up to his left to tap the ball from going in the goal and then capture it. So, I mean, these weren't simple PK saves. These were legit PK saves. And, by the way, the ref that made him have to do it again because he came offline. He didn't have a foot on the line like FIFA rules say. This is an eight-year-old in rec soccer. Let him do it. Let him make the save. Let him be happy. But luckily, it didn't impact anything. So that was my random thought. Um, We've really exceeded our proposed time on this. So I want to wrap things up here. Uh, wrapping these up, I just want to go around the horn here and just get – uh, share your information as far as where our fans can find out more from you, where they can follow you on social media websites or what, you know, how to reach your podcast. So I'll start with you, Chris, let our fans know uh, if they want to hear more from you or Foxtrot pod, where do they go?
3: Uh, well, you can go to Foxtrot pod on most of the places you get your podcasts and, uh, or you can go over to BGN.FM uh, and uh, great, great many podcasts there. Um, and uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter at foxtrot pod uh, as well. Um, and I, I, one small thing I'll just say uh, before we recorded our last episode, uh, 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 on Monday, uh, we, we, uh, I let them know that uh, we're gonna have to have the talk, and this really sucks. Like, after the season's over, we're gonna have to talk about what the future is, Fox start pod, you know, what happens if the team goes away and it's just frustrating that this podcast that I dearly love and, and podcasting with these people who are, are, are uh, so close to me, uh, so near and dear to me uh, and having that podcast possibly taken away by something that we're not responsible for just sucks. So we're going to, think about it after but until then you can still enjoy foxtrot pod uh every every week
0: totally get it uh it, it would suck to have to go through that conversation hopefully hopefully some magic miracle happens and and there doesn't have to be a change if if whatever reason uh the Foxtrot pod has to go on a hiatus or something. You guys are more than welcome to come on from time to time and join us and talk about soccer here in orange County. If you want We're we have Allen in San Diego. So it's not like everyone that talks with us is from orange County. Um, so well, we have South, that, South California. We can get North California involved. That, or that was my,
3: that was my joke to, uh, to my fellow podcasters uh, that uh, next year we're just going to be an unofficial uh, USL uh, San Diego podcast.
0: Hey, go for it, huh? <laughs> uh, I would hate myself, though. <laughs> oh. um, Alan, really quick, your social media information.
1: Hey, Underwood, 48 on the Twitch machine.
0: Dylan.
2: You can find me on Reddit, slash u slash OCSC underscore Dylan, or on Twitter, at OCSC underscore Dylan.
0: And you can find me on Twitter at DJ Ray Samora. You can find the podcast on Twitter at OCSE underscore SoccerCast. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Orange and Black SoccerCast. Um, you can also go to our website, OCSEpodcast.com, or if you like to type a lot, orange and black OrangeandBlackSoccerCast.com. Uh, so really quick, just run down things, I want to thank Ricky Bravo for joining us to talk about uh, the Fresno match, Copa Califas, and the Stay in Fresno movement, Chris Brown from Foxtrot Pod uh, for helping us preview the Fresno match. Talk about Copa Califas and the stay in Fresno movement. And as as always, Dylan and Alan for joining me each and every week to help talk about Orange County Soccer Club. I am Ray Samora. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Chaos Soccer Cast. Got to get that right. And we are out. to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com.